Welcome to this new edition of Dognostics Podcast, where two ladies and a couple of dogs all hang out and geek out regarding dogs, dog behavior, pet care, and anything else pet professional. This month for Team Gnostics, I wanted to talk about the lost art of disagree, disagreeing without being disagreeable. What does that mean? Well, we used to be able to disagree without having an uncivil relationship. And I think there's an urgent need for us to return to civility, particularly within the workplace. If you are a business owner, then you'll know that one of our fundamental responsibilities to our clients, our employees, and actually all our stakeholders is to ensure that we provide a workplace where civility is not only a priority, but a deep-rooted daily cultural norm. Civility needs to be a value, and that value needs to be positioned first and foremost to all or any of our other business practices. Manners, respect, consideration, tolerance, equality. These are all characteristics and indicators of a healthy and progressive organizational culture. The mere suggestion of implementing a workplace training program on manners can draw sneers from all quarters. If I said to my team at work, we're going to do a webinar on manners, people would just think that was ridiculous. But it's not overkill because the reality is that rudeness is actually a workplace epidemic. And as business owners, it costs millions each year in lost revenue, high staff turnover, and most certainly poor public relations. One of the growing culprits for this epidemic is the gains that have been made both in knowledge, advancement, and technology. Forney in 2003 speaks to the fact that we have a much more flattened organizational hierarchy. And relationships now in the workplace are less formal and more casual. And this can result in a lack of structure, which has created work environments with fewer social norms. And as a result of this, we seem to have lost some of our civil human behavior. In any circumstances, we have lost many of our basic social values, and this has a detrimental impact on our very own businesses, our private lives, and our family infrastructure. It's not uncommon for employees to rudely intrude on an employee's personal workspace. Gossiping co-workers are now the norm, and in many cases, quality customer care has been lost because of this keyboard warrior relationship and the virtual realms that we all find ourselves operating in. And it's become far worse with COVID because so many more people are working remotely and aren't even working in environments where they're seeing each other. And because of this, work environments are no longer conducive to helping support the development of productive relationships into highly functioning workplace teams. So we need to understand how to effectively practice civil behavior in the workplace. And we need to be cognizant of the boundaries for our own personal expressions. And that doesn't matter whether you're a business owner, a manager, a coworker, or a subordinate. We each have an individual responsibility to prevent uncivil workplace cultures. 
Because if we don't, then harassment and intimidation and all kinds of other unhealthy stresses are just fodder for individual behaviors. There's a quote here that says, civility costs nothing and buys everything. And that was Mary Wortley Montagu. So when we even fail to smile at a colleague or we make sort of a smirk at another person's suggestion, or when we gather in small clans or cliques, or when we ostracize individuals, these might seem innocuous behaviors, but they're actually really costly to morale. They don't promote team building efforts and they erode on the trust of those that work within the organization. There are very few companies that have truly prospered when these types of behaviors go unchecked in the workplace. So it's important for all of us to rekindle a civil disposition and it's got to be an imperative practice within our own work. I dare say we've all experienced passive, aggressive, rude, if not hostile behavior from others at some time in our working life. Lots of people fall victim to this in their private life as well and in an environment where they're not even able to escape the lack of civility at home. At least if it's happening in the workplace, you have a home to go to. Antossi in 2016 described a research, pro- a research project that was conducted by the Pew Research Center and it documented the growth in uncivility across social networking sites. And in summary, here are their findings, and these are really scary. 73% of online adults have seen somebody else being harassed. 40% of online adults have personally experienced harassment. 49% of online adults have seen others behaving cruelly. 60% of online adults have witnessed somebody being called offensive names. And 53% of online adults have seen efforts made to intentionally embarrass somebody. I mean, that's pretty appalling, isn't it? In a Baltimore workplace civility study, a survey conducted online, adults were questioned about workplace bullying to determine the frequency. Bullying was defined as the deliberate, repeated, hurtful, verbal mistreatment of a person by a cruel perpetrator. So there was a target of the bully. When I first read that, I was actually quite surprised by the survey findings, but on reflection, if you think about it, and I look at my own experiences with uncivil and overly aggressive hostile women, these findings actually reveal that women are, as frequently women bully as men do. There was actually a 50% split 84% of the time, women tend to target other women, whereas men target women 69% of the time. So if you think about that, that means women are being targeted more than men. I mean, those statistics are actually quite scary when you think of the stress that places on people and how it can make the workplace a really miserable place to be. So the leading question for me is, well, what is civil? Well, workplace civility can be defined as behaviors that help to preserve the norms for mutual respect in the workplace. And civility reflects concern for others. That's a definition by Anderson, 1999. 
We each operate within our own cultures. And what I mean by that is it refers to the attitudes and patterns of behavior across a specific group. Social norms are the attitudes and behaviors that the group deems normal, acceptable, typical, or average. Civility represents these social norms and the rules the group determines should be followed so that all of us can productively relate to each other. The rules consider respect, tolerance, courtesy, consideration as the foundations to civility, supported by a rational approach to identifying and resolving conflict. So therefore, any behavior that challenges these norms or threatens the development of productive relationships can constitute uncivil behavior. In some situations, you can be perceived as being uncivil, although the individual motivation and intent are missing. As a reader, you may be quickly thinking as you rush ahead to some of the examples I'm going to give you now, there's a copy of this that you can read, that maybe you don't consider yourself an uncivil person. Maybe you don't consider yourself to be bullish or harassing or intimidating to others. Or do you? So let's look at some common behaviors that are considered uncivil. And some of these may shock you. A failure to acknowledge or notice another person's presence. So if you're with a group of people and you choose to ignore an individual in that group situation or their arrival to that group setting, that's considered uncivil. If you actually ignore a person's greetings or well wishes as they approach or leave, that's uncivil. Bullying or behavior that comes in the form of leveraging the power of clicks to ostracize a particular individual. So if you're in a group of females or males and females and you leverage the relationship you have with a certain number of people to ostracize somebody else, that is considered uncivil. It's bullish. It's hostile actually. If you use hostile, intimidating or crude language to put towards somebody else, if you spread gossip, or if you actually gossip, irrespective of its factual accuracy. If you assign blame to a third party individual for some type of mistake at work. If you sabotage another person's individual behavior, maybe just through a lack of communication or support. If you downplay another individual's contribution in the workplace. Maybe you're blatantly insensitive to others or you support or tolerate somebody else being uncivil. Maybe you have poor communication etiquette. You ignore calls or emails, omitting to reply to one team member because you're not very keen on them, but therefore you answer everybody else's. Because remember, civility is beyond just good manners. Any visual or verbal bullying behavior it's not only uncivil, but it can also be illegal. And certainly any behavior that discriminates against an individual because of an intrinsic characteristic or physical, physical appearance they have is not only uncivil and immoral, it is illegal. So you can see from some of these examples that 
there is a strong case to make for being civil in the workplace and a stronger case to make for the fact that we shouldn't be uncivil. Bullying, discrimination, harassment, intimidation. Many of these behaviours can result in you being terminated from work. You can actually be arrested and you can be imprisoned. That's for those really harsh types of behaviours, but there's an argument that some of the subtler civil, uncivil behaviours are just as important. Civility encompasses both a self-awareness and a social awareness. It's just not possible to be civil without recognising who you are and how your behaviour impacts others. We must balance our own needs with the needs and contributions of those around us. Whatever position we hold, whether we're the president or whether we're a line employee or a contractor or even a vendor. We have a responsibility to ourselves and to the teams that we work in to behave correctly. Now, if you have a problem with somebody in the workplace, avoidance is not the solution. In our professional lives, there's just no avoiding or getting away from having social contact with people we work with. In your personal life, you may choose to avoid an ex-friend or a family member, but you can't do that in the workplace. Humans are naturally very social beings. Our brains are social organs and we need to interface with others. We choose to live in social groups, communities and families. Now you might consider yourself a bit of a, a superstar or an indispensable workplace contributor, but you're still part of a supply chain. You still contribute as a supplier and a customer and you still get involved in chains of activities that impact others. Without interacting productively with others in that same chain, it's not possible for you to execute your own job responsibilities effectively. You just can't do it. If you're frustrated at work or you find your workplace scattered in damaged or stressful relationships, you might want to take a reflective hard look at how you behave towards others and the impact that your behavior has on those around you before you start looking outwardly to assign blame. Civility is a form of benevolent participation and there's so many benefits to practicing civil behavior. So for those of you that are asking, well, what's in it for me? There's plenty in it for you. There's plenty in it for you, for you to ensure that you're civil in the workplace. On a personal note, if you're being civil, it helps create a really positive work environment with your peers. There's nothing better for workplace morale and confidence than when we work with and around people who treat us with respect and support our endeavors. Colleagues who we trust not to gossip about us. That's a wonderful environment to work in. On the flip side to that, when we are exposed to or contribute towards a work environment where there's a lack of respect and we fall victim to any type of bullying or harassment, even what may appear low level, this directly impacts our feeling of self-worth and it certainly impacts our ability to conduct ourselves in our jobs.
Practicing civility helps us teach emotional intelligence so we can develop the competences and the ability to recognize our behaviors, our moods, and our impulses. When we have this level of self-awareness, we are far more effective at managing ourselves in all different types of situations. Civility helps us develop anger management skills and become more resilient and less frustrated when we reach workplace obstacles. As a self-aware, productive individual in the workplace, we also develop much better skills at managing uncivil behavior. We learn how to communicate honestly, we can manage conflict, and we can negotiate positive outcomes. And that helps us benefit from productive relationships. So being civil is the right thing to do. Most religions, philosophies, and individual belief systems advocate consideration of one's fellow man. To quote Richard Boyd, the Associate Professor of Government in Georgetown University, to fail to be civil to someone, to treat them harshly, rudely, or condescendingly, is not only to be guilty of bad manners, it also, and more ominously, signals a disdain or contempt for them as moral beings. And remember what I said on Facebook this week, for those of you who know me, you know I love to run. And I've been running for over 30 years on and off, but yesterday I actually signed up for running clinic. Why, you may ask? Well, I know I have good endurance, I have an amazing amount of motivation and determination, and yes, I have running skills. But like any skills, they can be improved, tweaked, become more clinical and more precise. And running is a physical skill, and like all skills, we need to tune them up if we want to improve, whether that means speed, pace, endurance. So if you're a pet professional, you probably already have skills, you probably have a lot of knowledge, but all of those skills can benefit from a tune-up. So check out Dognostics Education, in particular, the fabulous Dognostics Dog Trainer Certificate Program we've got, which takes you from some of what we would consider basic skills, but really, really important skills, all the way up to some very intricate and cool behaviors. So check out dognostics.com. Dog, 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 dog,